You are listening to a special presentation of Superman and Batman. episode of Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. My name is Michael Bradley, and this is the very first Superman and Batman April Fool's Day Spectacular. Many podcasts, including several fine Superman and Batman-related podcasts, will do April Fool's Day joke episodes, where they pull some good-natured gag on their listeners during this time of year. It's never something I've done for any of my podcasts. In fact, I've never been a big April Fool's prankster in any form. But given that this episode is being released on April 1st, and it's the last time April Fool's Day will fall on a Tuesday until 2025, it didn't seem quite right to stick to the show's normal format of pulling a random Superman and Batman team-up. So instead, we're going to celebrate by looking at a different story that not only has an April Fool's theme, but sees Superman and Batman joined by several other heroes from around the DC Universe. Or at least a version of it. This episode, we are going to look at Super Friends number 4. Now, this Super Friends series was published under DC's Johnny DC imprint from 2008 to 2010 and shouldn't be confused with the classic cartoon from the 70s and 80s, or the tie-in comic of the same name. This Super Friends was a comic book that was based on or or inspired by a similarly named Mattel toy line that features figures, vehicles, and playsets aimed at the toddler and preschool age kids. The 32-page comic, or this 32-page comic, was released on June 18th, 2008, for a price of $2.25. 
The cover is by Jay Bone and shows our heroes, Superman, Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman posing heroically, while above them, unbeknownst to all but the Man of Steel, a giant cream pie falls directly at their heads. And it's a really fun cover, and one that definitely sets the tone for the issue at hand. Now, I will say, even though Silver and Bronze Age comics aren't exactly adult by any means, this comic is geared to a much younger reader level. So if seeing a giant cream pie about to hit your heroes seems childish or immature to you, well, just remember who the main target of the book is. I really like Jay Bone as an artist, and the art on this cover is its very much his style, but it's also somewhat different as it is more in line with the, the models used for the toy line. Turning inside, our 17-page story is titled April Fools, and it's actually broken into three chapters, but I'm just going to do the synopsis as one big thing because they aren't really chapters so much as breaks in the story. Once again, it's geared at younger readers, so breaking the story into smaller segments makes sense. Credits are Shallyfish Writer, Dario Brizuela Artist, Randy Gentile Letterer, Heroic Age Colorist, and Rachel Gluckstern Editor. As we begin, our two favorite heroes, Superman and Batman, are on the scene of Simple Simon's Pies, in the midst of what a nearby TV reporter calls the strangest rescue ever as they work to save people from the building which is being overrun with bread dough. Superman and Batman rescue the building's occupants, but are unable to stop the dough from rising until Superman uses a blast of heat vision to turn the dough into bread. The world's finest heroes puzzle about where the dough came from, and Batman says he'll take some of the bread back to the Batcave for testing. When from above comes the bakery's pie-shaped sign, which, unbeknownst to the heroes, has been replaced with a real pie, and crashes into the heroes' heads, covering them with creamed filling and berries. Later, Superman and Batman rejoin their fellow super friends, including the Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Green Lantern, aboard the team's satellite headquarters. The Flash laughs about the bizarre incident, but after the speedster gets scolded by Wonder Woman for mocking his friends, Batman reveals that the pie had been forced off the roof by a radio-controlled rocket. Who in their mind would build a remote-controlled pie? Green Lantern asks. And we, the readers, as we turn the page, we get the answer to that, as the Joker calls to order a meeting of the Jester's League of America, including Harley Quinn, the Prankster, the Trickster, Punch, and Julie. The malicious, merry-making miscreants, tired of being individually beaten by the Super Friends, have teamed up to ensure that this time, they are the ones who get the last laugh. Back at the satellite, Aquaman has come up with a list of possible suspects for the pie incident, when an emergency alarm comes in, signaling the Super Friends that the trickster is committing the most heinous crime of all, stealing comic books. The Flash and Wonder Woman head out, soon catching up to the thief, who has thwarted the police by encasing them in plastic. The Flash tries to use his speed to catch up to the trickster, but slips on piles of banana peels. Wonder Woman uses her lasso to apprehend the trickster, but is herself caught by the prankster who encases Diana in a giant aluminum can, which allows both criminals to escape. As the same reporter from earlier, 
Wanda Henway, broadcasts about the hero's defeat, Wonder Woman and Flash return to the satellite and are consoled by Green Lantern. Superman and Batman talk about the prankster and trickster and how they've never worked together before, and Batman says he fears their problems might be a lot bigger than just two villains. Soon, Aquaman and Green Lantern confront Punch and Julie, who are terrorizing the city with a giant seltzer bottle. Green Lantern tries to stop the water with a ring-generated cork, but Julie attacks with her laser jewel. Green Lantern deflects the blast with a ring-generated shield, but unfortunately, that's exactly what the bedazzled baddie wanted, as the laser busts a giant bag of pepper, causing the Emerald Warrior to go into a sneezing fit. Aquaman tries swimming up the seltzer waterfall, but that doesn't go too well when Punch simply turns off the water. Sneezy Lantern is able to catch up to the King of the Sea, but once more the heroes are left with egg on their faces as the bad guys get away. Once again, TV reporter Wanda Henway is on the scene to report about the heroes' humiliations, leading Batman to say he thinks he knows how to find this so-called Jester's League. As the reporter and her cameraman leave in their van, the Super Friends follow in a Green Lantern-generated bubble, while Batman explains he found it suspicious that Wanda Henway was the only reporter to show up each time the Jester struck. Sure enough, the reporters soon lead them to an abandoned funhouse, headquarters of the flock of fraudulent funsters. Little do they know, though, that not only have the wrongdoing wisecrackers set practical joke booby traps for our heroes, but then an alarm has alerted them to their presence. But the super friends have the upper hand, surprising the jesters from behind. The criminal comedians run for cover, but end up running right into their own jokes instead. The prankster, the trickster, Punch and Julie are rounded up quickly, but the Joker and Harley Quinn are nowhere to be found. Superman's superheroing alerts him to heartbeats behind the wall, where he finds Henway and the cameraman tied up. Superman lets them out, as Henway says the crooks made them report on the hero's failures because they wanted the heroes to look silly. But Batman don't play that and reveals the truth. He says Henway's name was the clue, and he has cracked the case. Henway, the Flash says, what's a Henway? Oh, Batman replies, about three or four pounds. He then pulls off the masks from the so-called newsmen's faces to reveal the Joker and Harley Quinn. And later, with all six jesters behind bars, the police officers laugh, saying that once again, the joke's on them. But the Joker just frowns, saying that laughing at people isn't funny. And clearly, this is a very simple story, but it's still a very fun story. Definitely a book that is perfect for younger kids. And it would work perfectly as one of their first introductions to the DC cast of characters, which is what the book was targeted as. Um, once kids get old enough to read the book for themselves, they're probably too old for it, but it certainly is something that could be read to kids by their parents or older siblings. And even for someone like me, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that I enjoy books like this once in a while. Uh, this book and others like Tiny Titans and Superman Family Adventures, and even books that tied in with shows like Batman the Brave and the Bold and the Justice League cartoons, are just great fun and a, and a nice escape from the darker, more adult-oriented stories that proliferate modern comics. And I think it's a testament to these characters, uh, not just Superman and Batman, but also Wonder Woman and The Flash and Green Lantern and Aquaman, 
that they can be used in stories in such a wide range of tones and appeal to such a wide range of, of readers because you, you can't say that for all fictional creations. Um, as for comments about the actual story here itself, you know, I really don't have too many. Um, like I said, it, it is a simple story and there's just not a whole lot to say about it. Uh, given my own preferences, it was great seeing Superman and Batman play such a large role in the story. And it made me feel better about covering it on the show here since while Superman and Batman are pretty big parts of the Justice League throughout its history, or the Super Friends, those stories are often about the League and not Superman and Batman, which is what this show is about. Uh, one thing I, I, I do really like about the story is that it has something of a moral, you know, that it's not right to make fun of people. And that's hit on a few times throughout the issue, and while it might seem silly and heavy-handed to us as adults, even though I don't have kids of my own yet, you know, when I do, I will feel a lot better about giving them a comic like this that will not only entertain them, but can also be used as a teaching tool as well. And that's something that just a lot of kid-oriented programs and books just simply lack. Um, not not just today, but throughout the the history of, of kid-focused entertainment. So anyway, I think that's about it for the story. Right now, I'm going to put in some not promos, because this is a special episode. We're going to forgo the promos this time out uh, in lieu of some other audio entertainment. So kick back and relax, and I will see you on the other side. Well, if I live to be a hundred, I know I can't forget the day that I broke the heart you gave me and let you walk away. That's when they hung my name. In the Fool's Hall of Fame Oh baby, since we've been apart I can't console my heart It cries the whole night long Oh, can I ever make you see The change you've made in me Oh baby, let me tell you I was wrong Oh honey, say that you'll forgive me And let me in this misery cause I know I'll keep on crying till you come back to me don't leave me here in shame in the fool's hall of fame oh baby since we've been apart I can't console my heart it cries and cries the whole night long Oh, can't I ever make you see the change you've made in me? Baby, let me tell you I was wrong, I was wrong. Oh, honey, say that you'll forgive me and let me end this misery. Cause you know I'll keep on crying till you come back to me. Don't leave me here in shame. In the Fool's Hall of Fame Don't leave me here in shame 
in the Fool's Hall of Fame. Don't leave me here in shame in the Fool's Hall of Fame. Day after day, alone on a hill. The man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still But nobody wants to know him They can see that he's just a fool And he never gives an answer But the fool on the hill Sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head See the world spinning round Of a thousand voices talking perfectly loud, but nobody ever hears him or the sound he appears to make, and he never seems to notice. But the fool on the hill sees the sun going down, and the eyes in his head see the world spinning round. interested in reading this or if you have a child that would be interested in it this story was reprinted in the Super Friends for Justice trade paperback which actually reprints the first seven issues of the Super Friends title and I do strongly recommend this book as well as others DC has published throughout the years um, especially the, the ones I mentioned earlier such as Tiny Titans and Superman Family Adventures not only are they a great introduction to comics for young kids, but they can be enjoyed by adults alike. So, you know, if you have a young kid in your life that you're trying to get interested in comics, there, there's plenty of material out there, and I, I strongly recommend that you, you search some of it or hunt some of it down. 
Uh, this issue also is available through DC Comics Digital Store, as are several issues of the Super Friends title. The Superman Batman Annual that we looked at back in Episode 10 also is available digitally as well. I just neglected to mention it in that episode. I don't read comics digitally. I, I don't have a device to read them on other than my phone, which is kind of small. Plus, I prefer you know, actually holding the paper versions in my hand. So I don't always think to mention the digital versions that are available. Um, it doesn't seem like any issues of World's Finest Comics are available that way as of this recording, but I'm sure they will be someday if you are one who, who does like the digital uh, versions of comics. Um, as I said at the top of the show, the story in this issue is 17 pages, where a normal comic story from around this time is 22. But despite the shorter story, they didn't let those extra pages go to waste. They used them instead to plug in other fun features for kids who got the book. In between the first and second chapters is a page with two features. The top half is a Super Friends fact file, which details the powers, origins, and weaknesses of Green Lantern. And the bottom is a wacky wordplay, which is one of those games where you, you know, you write down random words or nouns or verbs and then fill them into the blanks. For this one, you need to write down seven nouns. So go ahead, I'll wait. Okay, you got them? Great. Now, I will read the puzzle, and every time I pause, you fill in a noun. Okay? In brightest, in blackest, no, shall escape my, let those who worship evils, beware my, green lanterns, and somewhere, someone just said the word boobies seven times. And it's too bad that this is an audio podcast, because you can't see me shaking my head in a humorous, yet disappointed, disapproval. But moving on, in between the second and third chapters, we've got an art project. Tear out the page, fold, cut, and voila, your very own whirlyback copter. That probably won't fly, because hey, this is newsprint. And at the end of the story is a page that allows you to make your very own Super Friends membership card and badge, which is completely awesome. Or at least it would be if I was, you know, four years old. But it's still kind of cool as a grown man. Kind of. Oh, also, at the very end of the story, and, and every issue had this, which is really kind of cool, in a throwback to the Superman of America Club and Superman's Secret Message, which, shameless plug, I talked about quite a bit on episodes of The Thrilling Adventures of Superman, still available at GreatCrypton.com, we've got a secret message from the Super Friends, which can be deciphered using the Super Friends code in the back of the book. And this month's message is, Next month, Green Lantern shows the Scarecrow there's nothing to fear. 
A crummy commercial? Yeah, sadly, much like Ralphie Parker, all we get is a plug for the next issue. But still, it's a neat idea, and it's good to have some interactivity between the kids reading the book or having the book read to them and the actual comic book itself. Um, Ads in the book are really not too much to talk about. Uh, Most all of them are for other books in the Johnny DC imprint, and the back cover is for Candy, which goes very well with the inside covers, both of which are PSAs that tout healthy living through eating right and getting plenty of exercise. So, there you go. But now it's time to take a trip in the time machine via Mike's Amazing World of Comics at mikesamazingworld.com. And we're going to do something a little bit different this time. Because this is a kid comic, or one specifically aimed at uh, young children, I should say, we are going to look only at the books that were part of the Johnny DC imprint. First up is Looney Tunes number 163. And I love the Looney Tunes cartoons, but I've just never been drawn to any of the comic book versions. Still, this title is still going, and now is, thanks to the, uh, the New 52 reboots, is one of DC's longest-running active titles at more than 200 issues. Next up is Batman Strikes number 46, which is a comic based on the Batman animated series. And it looks like he's facing off against Killer Croc here. Uh, it's a very a, a very moody cover, but still in keeping with the animated style of the cartoon. And I, I really like it. Uh, Tiny Titans number 5. This has been coming up a lot in this uh, episode, but this was just a really fun title. And I'm a big fan of almost anything by Art Baltazar and Franco. This was fantastic. Superman Family Adventures was awesome. And I miss both of them very much. Um, There's rumors that we're supposed to be getting a new Tiny Titans series pretty soon. So cross your fingers, folks. Next up is Scooby-Doo number 133 which is another thing where I love the cartoon, or I guess more in this case I did because I haven't watched it in years, but never got into the print version. Although they, they, they recently put out a couple issues teaming up Batman with Scooby-Doo in a new title called Scooby-Doo Team-Up, and, and those issues were really fun. And in fact, if I'm recalling correctly, and I think I am, the creative team on that was Sholly Fish and Dario Bezuela. So, there you go. And last but not least is Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century, which ties into the far too short-lived Legion of Superheroes cartoon. Uh, This issue features an appearance by Bart Allen, a.k.a. Impulse, and I don't remember much about this specific issue, but do remember liking the majority of the series and the cartoon, which, like I said, was canceled way, way too early in my opinion. Uh, But that's it. I want to thank you all very much for listening, and I want to wish you all a very merry, I guess, April Fool's. Do you wish people a happy April Fool's? I don't know. Either way, I hope your day is great, and that you aren't the victim of any mean-spirited pranks. So keep your eyes open, folks, and remember, it's all in good fun. But that's it for this episode. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Pardon me if I'm sentimental when we're 
say goodbye Don't be angry with me Should I cry When you're gone Yet I dream a little Dream as years go by Now and then There's a fool Such as I Thanks for listening to Superman and Batman Hosted by me, Michael Bradley Feedback can be sent to Michael at GreatCrypton.com. I love hearing from listeners, so be sure to send your comments, questions, and other feedback, and I will likely read that on a future episode. Show notes, information, and back episodes can be found at GreatCrypton.com. Be sure to follow the show via Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe via iTunes or RSS feed so that you never miss an episode. If you subscribe via iTunes, be sure to leave a review. Not only does it help others find the show, but I'd love to read that in a future episode as well. Superman and Batman is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, home to many great Superman-related podcasts. Be sure to pay them a visit at supermanpodcastnetwork.com. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Batman was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, and both characters are copyright DC Comics. For more about Superman's creators, be sure to visit my blog, Siegel and Schuster Mythmakers, at greatcrypton.com slash Schuster, where I commemorate the lives, works, and legacies of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. I want to thank you again very much for listening and invite you to come back next time for another episode of Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. Now and then. As a fool such as I Now and then There's a fool such as I Now and then There's a fool such as I Music heard this episode included Now and Then There's a Fool Such as I by Elvis Presley The Fool on the Hill by The Beatles Fool's Hall of Fame by Johnny Cash and Won't Get Fooled Again by the Who. If you like these songs, I'd like to recommend you purchase the songs or other music by these legendary musicians. And the best way to do that is to head on over to twotruefreaks.com and click on the banner in the upper left corner. When you do that, you'll be redirected to amazon.com. And with anything you purchase, Two True Freaks will get a little kickback. So not only will you get good music, but without costing you anything extra, you'll be helping out to support some of the hardest working freaks in podcasting.
I'm Peter Fool.